0: Welcome to the 2022 edition of Campus Life here tonight, our campus side of things uh, here at Campus De Canton. Um, a little bit of a switch up tonight. Austin and Colin are not here with you. This is, um, this is Mel Kuyper talking.
1: And I'm Todd McShay.
0: And we're coming to you live from the NFL draft here in 2022. We hopped in our time machine. Here we are. Tonight's going to be a Debbie heavy episode, guys. You know, the main goal is Campus to Canton. While we like to win the campus side, we like to give you guys some CFF sleepers and all that good stuff. Every once in a while, we just need a good Devi discussion. And we figured this was as good of a time as any with the 2021 draft happening this past weekend. So we are here to break down our day one, day two, day three grades going into the year here. And then kind of what we think the NFL is going to like as well. So, you know, recognizing where our value may differ from consensus or what we think the NFL is going to like, because that can help you identify some guys uh, or, or, you know, make some trades based on differentations in value. We're going to jump into this in just a second, but just a quick housekeeping thing. If you guys have not rated and reviewed the show yet, please, please, please do that for us. Um, You can do that on Apple Podcasts or wherever else that you uh, listen. That would be greatly appreciated. Just helps boost us up the charts a little bit. Um, Other than that, we just appreciate you guys always tuning in, downloading, listening, chatting with us on Twitter, uh, joining us on the website and hopping into the Discord, all that good stuff. So thank you very much. Uh, Todd, do you have anything to say here before we jump right in?
1: Um. No. Nothing to nothing to say here. At least not yet. Um. Just you know, continue to reach out to Austin. Show your support for uh, for all of his, all of his takes. Um. You know, and, and uh, you know, he's 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 a smart guy, uh, very analytics driven. Um. You know, just, uh, just like I said, just continue to show your support. Continue to reach out.
0: We're going to save my lambasting for the Giants fan base for the uh, late week show. So we will we will <laughs> skip that here for tonight. Uh, pretty pretty amazing how quickly they dropped down my list of uh, least favorite fan bases. All right, Colin. So, uh, sorry, Todd, let's jump right into this here. Day one, the money round here. You know, we have some picks that have already exchanged hands. I'm sure more will as we get closer. Um, you know, I didn't look and see exactly what the betting, uh, you know, places have listed as kind of the odds on favorites to have the first couple of picks. So we're I'm just doing you know, some of what I'm going to say tonight is just based on, you know, the presumption that if you suck, you probably need a quarterback. And if you did well, you probably don't and vice versa. And that's kind of how we can piece together what we're thinking here. So quarterbacks on day one, we saw five go this year in the first round. It was not a surprise to anybody by the time draft season rolled around. Uh, there were talks, you know, that some other guys might sneak in. They did not. I don't think right now next year looks like as strong of a class. What do you think?
1: No, I'm with you, Mel. Um, I don't I don't think next year looks as strong either, um, which is pretty counterintuitive because it seems like every year right after the draft, everybody's always like, oh, wait till next year. Wait till how good next year's class is going to be. I think we can kind of say right now, that this class next year is not going to be nearly as good as this year's was. Uh, I don't I would be absolutely floored if you saw five quarterbacks go in the first round. I would be absolutely floored if you saw was it five five receivers go in the first? Yeah, five receivers go in the first round. Maybe two running backs, um, maybe one tight end maybe we can we can get into that a little bit later but overall this is not not next year the 2022 class is not nearly as strong
0: no it really really isn't and um this exercise kind of really nailed that home i mean i know we're not going to be the only people that have said this we're not the only people that have said it already the 2022 class really is just not very strong and there are so a couple a couple names at the top here so let's not get too carried away and just say fade the entire class i actually quite like some of the top guys in this class it just I mean, if you thought, uh, you know, as we got deeper into this cl- 2021 class that things fell off a cliff, whoo, oh, man, you're going to be really freaking disappointed when you hit about pick eight <laughs> next year in your leagues or if it's a campus to Canton, you know, there, there's only a handful of guys here that you're really targeting that you think are probably going to have some high-end um, uh, upside for you. So I'm just going to explain a little bit how I rank my guys real quick here just from a pure, you know, because I'm going to use a lot of terms here tonight. Um, or, you know, designations. And I just want everyone to kind of be clear here what I'm talking about before we hop in too much. So <clears throat> I, I tier rank my all my players, you know, by position. And then I, I do rank them within the tiers. And basically the reason that I do that is so that <clears throat> I know where the cutoffs in talent in my eyes are. So if I have, you know, eight tier one grades, that means for me, tier one is guys that I think can be consistent, Positional ones, so QB1, RB1, wide receiver one. These are the guys that have the upside to do that or at least be in that conversation for uh, you know a large portion of their career for, for several years in a row. Uh, tier two for me are guys, you know, they are probably positional twos, and the, those are guys that I think will be in the conversation. They might peek into the low-end one, for a year or two, but I think the majority of their career is going to be spent probably as a two, tier three, blah, 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 and so on. So that is how I rank. I do have a tier zero, and that is for prospects that I just think are uh, – I can't miss, probably not the right word, but just such good prospects that they're going to go early. They're going to be high-end guys, in my opinion, throughout their career. I don't have any tier zero players going into this year. Um I had Trevor Lawrence was the only one in there last year. It's not a particularly common thing for me. I did not have anybody in tier zero uh, at the end of the day, the year before that Saquon was the last one before Trevor Lawrence. So this isn't a designation that I use a lot. And like I said, I do not have anybody in tier zero going into this year Colin, how do you kind of rank your guys? And I know I am a little more hmm, particular. I have a little bit more of a a build out system than you do when it comes to how I rank some of these guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I typically great. I typically put mine in tiers and then rank within the tiers as well. But my tiers are a little bit more fluid; they're a little bit looser. Um, I typically go by rookie round, um, where I will go. You know, this person has a first round rookie grade for me. This person has a second round rookie grade for me. This person has a third grade rookie grade for me. And then from there, I'll kind of divide it up a little bit more. Um, you know, where this year, there's some guys, you know, there's probably about 10 guys that I feel really good about in the first round. And, you know, obviously there's two other guys that I still like as first round guys, uh, but you know, I don't feel quite as good for them. So, you know, I'll break it down a little bit within the tiers as well. And, you know, for second round, an early second round pick is not the same as a late second round pick. Uh, you know, the hit rates are very different, everything like that. So the, those are, I'll split those up a little bit as well. Um, I di- typically don't look at it as nfl draft grades though uh so this is going to be a little bit different for me tonight kind of trying to adjust them uh from rookie grades to nfl draft grades uh but i'm I'm definitely really excited to to get into this one it's it's um it's definitely making me look at my my process a little bit more and like you said mine's not quite as refined as yours um you know i haven't been doing it quite as long um at least formally um so you know i'm uh I, I, I always try to take as much away from from your takes as I can.
0: so and here's here's just real quick uh, why I also try to give an NFL grade and how I kind of try to correspond it because I think it's useful after you do this for a few years and you guys all at home, you know we give you this information so you can build out your own rankings as well. If you're trying to also predict you know you're watching a guy and you you're saying, you know I think the NFL will really like this guy or I think the NFL won't really like this guy it can help you identify value a year or two in advance. So if the, you know, if you really like, I'm going to, I'm just looking at my board here and say, let's say that I really, really like Matt Corral. I think he has, you know, this is hypothetical. We'll talk about him in a little bit, but yeah, you know, I think he has a great arm. I think, you know, um, his decision-making is better than people think it's going to be blah, 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 blah. When I sit down and watch him, do I, I, I say, do I think the NFL will think the same exact thing? And if they do, then great. And if I, you know, maybe it's a smaller undersized receiver. You know, you can really like a, a, an Amon Ross St. Brown or Jalen Waddle last year was a really good example. You could say, I really like Jalen Waddle. Do I think the NFL will like him? The NFL ended up, they, they, they did like him. But sometimes, you know, they it, it's a Hakeem Butler situation. Or, you know, guys like that, like a, a Tylen Wallace maybe would be a guy from this draft that some people really liked that fell. So I think it's just very useful. You can kind of gauge um, if you want to move a guy ahead of time you can do it based on that. And I think that helps you kind of put things in
1: perspective a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that that could be very helpful. My only hesitation with doing that is I don't trust my thoughts compared to NFL thoughts enough because you always have guys, um, you know, that I like more than the NFL does. There's also guys that I like or that the NFL likes a lot more than what I like. And I have a harder time reconciling that Guys like, I mean, this year was a lot easier. Um, you know, I thought I thought this year was pretty clear the guys who were going to be taken in the first round. I don't agree with the Kadarius-Tony pick. Uh, you know, I know that's a very polarizing one right there. Um, and then, but beyond that, you know, I think everybody else is pretty, pretty clear cut. ETN and Bateman, kind of borderline. Um, you know, you saw uh, some people have them in, some people not. So, you know, it, it's harder for me to tell you know, situationally, based, you know, like that. Like, because I know you're going back a couple of years, like guys like Josh Doxon did not see him as a first-round guy, but the NFL did. You know, guys like um, Will Fuller, kind of questionable, you know, coming out. But I can understand why the NFL liked him a lot more. So uh, the reason I don't factor in NFL grades as much is just because I, I'll wait until I know what the NFL thinks and then I'll factor that in. It's a good point as well.
0: All right. So let's hop right in here. Quarterbacks on day one, how many, you know, day one grades do you have out? And then we, we can go through that and then we can kind of talk about who else could we, we could foresee creeping into that conversation just because everybody always needs quarterbacks. So there's going to be some guys that probably shouldn't go there. Let's be completely
1: honest. Yeah, absolutely. And quarterback is, is another one where it's a little bit tougher. Um, You know, kind of like what I was saying there before, but I think there's a pretty clear cut two quarterbacks that will go in the first round. I think that's very safe to say. I think Spencer Rattler and um, Sam Howell, you know, however you want to put them, I think it's pretty safe to say both of those guys are going to go in the first round. Now, I like both of those guys a lot. You know after that it's a lot harder for me to say i think that and then we've said it before the 2022 qb class after those top two very up in the air um i i like Jaden daniels he would probably have a fringe nfl first gr- round grade for me at this point um you know i need to see a little bit more weight from him you need to see him develop a little bit more and you know last year was just a tough year because he only played four games So just such a small sample size. It's hard to see his development from, you know, what he had a very good freshman year, but obviously he was a freshman. You know, you could see some of those mistakes in there. You know, it's hard to see how much he jumped from freshman to sophomore year in just a four game sample size. So I'll need to see it a little bit more this year before I feel completely comfortable ranking him in the first round. But I think he's going to end up there for me.
0: I, I also have two first round grades right now, and that's all I have right now. I have two tier one quarterbacks. Uh, Sam Howell and Spencer Rattler. I, I have Hal won. I go back and forth on this. I think Hal is the slightly more technical passer. You know, I think there. You know, I, there are all sorts of reasons to like Rattler. He's not a runner, but you know, he's mobile in the backfield. He's got a cannon for an arm. You know, if he doesn't have the strongest arm in college, then it's top three or four. You know, there aren't that many guys that have a stronger arm than him. He's got that effortless kind of release which you like to see. You know, it's not a huge windup. He's going to be on a team that's going to allow him to put up numbers this year. You know, we love him for CFF stuff. We love him on the campus side because he's going to score a ton of points. And that's why he typically is going earlier than Sam Howell in a lot of our drafts. Just you're going to get that year of production. And then if you think they're both NFL guys, you know, then, then the tiebreaker is kind of, you know, who produces the most next year. But I just think, you know, Howell's ball placement deep is smart and it's, and it's, it's really, really good. He doesn't make a lot of bad decisions. He does make some, you know, some questionable throws every now and then, but it's, you know, a lot more scattered than I think Rattlers are. And I think he generally limits it where, you know, one bad throw does not send him spiraling. I think with some of these other quarterbacks, it kind of does. I don't know if it's because they think they have to make up what they just messed up or something like that. Hal does not do that. And I think that's a really good mindset for a young quarterback to have. So I think both of these guys are top five to seven picks barring any sort of injury this year. I just I don't see either of them tanking their stock.
1: No, I don't either. And, and part of that is also because of the teams that they play on too. Oklahoma quarterbacks. The, we know the NFL is going to like those guys. You know, we've seen it three, three of them in a row. I mean, Hurts went in the second round, but still, I think he's pretty, pretty obviously the worst of the group. And and that's not necessarily a knock on hurts. You know, he's a, he's a fine player, but his limitations as a passer are pretty well documented, but he still managed to go in the second round, you know? So I, you know, Rattler with that pedigree, with his production, with another year of production here and Oklahoma is potentially looking like a playoff team next year. I think their playoffs are bust for, for their mindset. Um, You know, I I don't think anything less than that would be acceptable to them. Uh, So, you know, given all of that, I think that, Spencer Rattler's very safe. I, I don't see him not hurting his stock at all. Sam Howell does lose a lot of weapons, uh, but UNC it's still a loaded defense. You know, they still have a good number of playmakers coming in. You know, they're a little bit younger, they'll take a little bit of time to gel. But, you know, given the team that he plays for, there is I, you know, I don't think that he's gonna hurt his stock either. So I see both of those guys both very safe, easy top 10 picks for sure. And, you know, given how QB star of the league is and, you know, how often QBs are taken in the top five, I think they're both going to be top five picks. So
0: so we've established, you know, that I think this is consensus. We're not saying anything crazy. Those are those are clearly the top two. You gave some names earlier, Colin. So just, you know, give a, a list of the guys that you think you have a chance to sneak into the first round.
1: Yeah, so guys that I think could sneak into the first round. I mean, first one, uh, you already touched on, uh, Matt Corral. You know, you touched on him a little bit there. I think the NFL is going to fall in love with his skill set. Big so. arm. Yeah, big arm, mobile passer. You're seeing these guys go in the first round all the time. You're seeing Josh Allen. You're seeing guys like Trey Lance. You know, these big mobile guys, or big arm mobile guys, you know, have a tendency to go in the first round. Even guys like Jordan Love went in the first round. who was a little bit more raw. I think that Matt Corral is probably a little bit more refined uh, than Jordan Love was coming in. You know, now the biggest question with him is his decision making. Frequently, he looks like Jameis Winston out there, you know, and, you know, he had, what was it, like, Four interceptions, five interceptions in that Arkansas he had, game.
0: He had five in one game last year. Yeah, the, th- the thing about him is though is that like he, he his interceptions all came in like three games. Yeah, which is kind of where I was coming from with Sam Howe, where he doesn't do the you know turnover and then he spirals because he's trying to do too much. I, Matt Corral does that very very often.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, but overall, I think that they're gonna love the tools. They're gonna love that he's like Lane Kiffin coached quarterback. They're going to love that he's coming from an sec program. So he's somebody that I think will be a first round quarterback next year, whether I end up with a grade on him as a first round or not, I'm not sure at this point. Uh, and then the other guy that I think has a good chance to sneak into the first round, uh, is JT Daniels. Uh, again, Georgia quarterback, NFL teams are going to love that. You know, his, pedigree before that you know he was a five star guy NFL's gonna love that he also was at USC you know and he lost his job mostly due to injury he didn't really he kind of got jumped by Slovis but I think even if he stuck around I think the way that we're seeing seeing things shake out a little bit with Slovis. I think I don't think it's unreasonable to think that JT Daniels could have won that job back. So I don't think it's he got hurt, he got jumped by a better talent and then he left you know So, and then I think George is another team this year who's going to be a playoff team. NFL teams are going to love that. So I think the JT Daniels is probably also going to sneak into the first round. Uh, I don't see myself having a first round grade on him though. Yeah, so I have,
0: yeah, I agree with pretty much all those guys. You know, Jaden Daniels can creep in. I think Corral, JT Daniels, I think Carson Strong could, Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see a first round quarterback when I watch him, but I, I do think if he puts up another strong statistical season, some team will probably fall in love with him and take him. um just a couple of other names, and we're gonna talk about them because I don't even have I have like mid late day two grades on these guys, but Grayson McCall and Malik Willis are guys that I kind of sit there and I watch and I think, could I see an NFL team falling in love with some upside here, depending on what happens. And I think they could. And like I said, we're going to get into this a little bit more, but Malik Willis, you know, just the crazy, you know, I, he might be a better rusher in college than in college than Lamar Jackson was. He's not going to win a Heisman because he's beating up on the little sisters of the poor. <laughs> and, you know, his passing ability, his accuracy is so freaking bad. I don't think he's an NFL level, level passer. Uh, but I, if he does okay this year, I could see something falling in love with him. And McCall is one that's hard to project just because they run an option there. Um, so we, we can talk about some of those guys here in a little bit. Um, so day one grades for uh, the skill guys. R- running back first, do you have two guys here as well, Colin?
1: Yeah, it's pretty, again, kind of like quarterback, pretty clear cut here. Uh, it's Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller. And... I kind of go back and forth on what the NFL is going to think of these guys. I could see NFL teams liking Spiller more than Hall. Um, you know, Texas AM and SEC, those things carry weight in, in a lot of NFL front offices, you know, as opposed to Iowa State, where it's not, you know, necessarily, it's not a bad program by any means. It's just doesn't, it's not the blue blood SEC type of a program like Isaiah Spiller is. Isaiah Spiller also you know, he may, he'll probably end up testing out as a better athlete than Hall will, I would think.
0: Size you know, adjusted at least. Yeah. yeah. I, I i think he will.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, so I think that they're going to like that, you know, I, I it'll, it'll, be back and forth, but I think both of those guys very easily are first round NFL talents this year. Um, or for next year. I mean, I, and I, th- we're, we're kind of consistently seeing two ish running backs go in the first round. So I feel pretty comfortable projecting them there.
0: Yeah, I have I have Spiller is slightly above Paul, but I like them both. I think they'll both be NFL back. Spiller, you know, uh, we're not I I'm hoping we're not talking about too many guys that people haven't really heard about here early in the show tonight. Spiller, you know, kind of in that Nodgy Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, spectrum of back where they're a little bit bigger, a little more physical. They can really pass catch though for their size, you know, solid burst, but the long speed is not elite. I think that is the the type of player that he is, and I think that he's going to step in right away on day one. Assuming you know, I, I don't know. I mean, some of these backs go a place where maybe they have to sit a year or something like that. But I, I think he had more than has the capability to sit down and become a three a three down back right away. Hall, I'm interested to see if the NFL likes him as a first round pick or not. I have to think if he produces like he did this year the, and then he goes and does fine at the combine, you know, if he tests out as an average athlete or better, which I think is within the realm of possibility. i am He's right around that average range for me. I think that he could sneak into the first round. We saw two running backs go this year. You know, you never know what teams are going to kind of take and there was only one last year and it was a far superior running back class. So you, you never really know, but I think both those guys have a chance uh, behind them. I guess, uh, I mean, is there anybody I can't see more than two backs, you know, if the over under is one is probably going to end up being one and a half.
1: Yeah, that's a very solid over under. I would probably take the over just because I do think that hall is going to put up the production that he did the past two years. You know, he's going to have three years of, of really good production. Um, Iowa state is also a team that they're going to be competing for the big 12 title, um, you know, which, which does seem to matter for, for NFL front offices. And then I do think you're right. I think he's going to test as an average athlete, you know, maybe slightly above that. So I think he's going to check enough boxes that somebody's going to end up talking themselves into him into the back half of the first, but beyond that, I, there aren't really any other running backs that I see even really at this point, really remotely sneaking into NFL day one. There's not any more that are I'm going to have day one grades on, but I just think that the rest of the guys in this class, I don't think they have the athleticism that is good that, that it's going to need to elevate their profile enough for them to be taken into the back half of the first.
0: There is no uber-athletic running back in totality in this class. But usually every year, there's at least a guy that's super deep that you point to that's going to run like a four three five, and they're going to put up by a bunch of reps on the bench. And you can kind of point to that guy and say, you know, if he does a you know X Y and Z this year, maybe he he runs up some boards here a little bit. I'm looking at my top, you know, I have about thirty to thirty five running backs ranked right now. I don't see a single one that fits that description. The only one that's really close is Keenan Kristen, who I have an undrafted grade on, and I don't think you know that that's not within his range of outcomes for the year uh, to do anything like that. So um, I I don't see any guys like that Um, wide receiver. I have four first round
1: grades currently. Uh, How how many do you have? I have five solidly in the first round and then a potential sixth. Now, two of those two of, well I'll, I'll let you go into yours first
0: okay i was gonna say because i i think we'll have four overlapping and then i'm interested here hear yes. fifth is. so i have oh man okay so because i'm gonna get a little pushback on this from you a are. pure devy perspective george pickens is still my wide receiver one in this class i think as a pure receiver he is the best out of the group of four that i have and obviously then you know beyond that He's dominated with every quarterback that he's had, minus Stetson Bennett, which should tell you more about Stetson Bennett. Like that time with Bennett and Mathis should tell you more about Bennett and Mathis than it does about him. Because as soon as JT Daniels came back in, a real quarterback, he dominated again. So I don't, you know, you can't, I see people fading him because he had a disappointing sophomore year. No. George Pickens did not have a disappointing sophomore year. Their quarterbacks had a disappointing year, which caused him to drop a little bit. The knee injury does hurt. I don't know if he's going to come out next year or not because of that, but regardless, I just have him. I think he is a special wide receiver. I, I just really like how physical he is, how you know, strong he is in the air, how he can separate a little bit for a guy that's 6'3", 6'4", 200 pounds. I really, really like him. Now, maybe he doesn't have the upside, as my number two guy, Traylon Burks, who is, you know, 6'3, 226, crazy athlete, five XL hands, return, you know, return punts, return kicks, lines up in the backfield, lines up in the slot, blah, blah 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 blah. We've had a lot of discussions about Burks. Upside-wise, sure. Maybe no wide receiver has the upside that Burks does, but I think um, Pickens is more likely to hit a a top range of outcomes than maybe Burks is. Garrett Wilson, my wide receiver three. I think he is a guy that can play any any of the three wide receiver positions, which I think some team is going to really, really like. He plays bigger than his size. He has good speed. Um, you know, he can jump up and contest a catch a little bit. He can do a little bit of everything. I like his route running. He's nice for his zone. I want to see a little more uh, against man this year, um, but, but just a guy that can really do it all. And the number four is David Bell, who I like. You know, I'm giving him, you know, he's in that Rashad Bateman type tier of guy you know a guy that i would take in the late first in a normal draft and be very very happy with that um so those are my top four colin is that i'm assuming your top four plus your other fifth guy here in some different order probably
1: yeah i mean uh order obviously a little bit different there but yeah i i have those for uh you know bell burks wilson pickens pickens assuming a clean medical which i don't see any reason at this point why they shouldn't be a clean medical because it's just an ACL that should be fine um you know I mean obviously it's never a given but I would assume that he'll come back clean from that now whether he declares I think is a different story uh but my fifth guy that I feel comfortable I I feel pretty good projecting in the first round is uh Justin Ross and again I think that's going to depend a little bit on the medical as well but everything I'm hearing sounds like he's going to come back this year. He has one last checkup in June from what I was seeing, but they're expecting that to be good, good to go. And they're expecting that to give him the green light for full contact. And if, you know, assuming he's cleared for full contact, I think that he put enough on film early on in his career that the NFL is going to like him a lot. He's also a Clemson wide receiver. They're going to like that a lot. He's got that size, uh, you know, 6'3", 205 where you know this year you didn't really have too many alpha profiles next year you have a a good bit more um and i think that also with justin ross to you know they're expecting to move him into the slot this year from what i was seeing and if they move him in the slot and he shows to be successful in a big slot role as well you know that just gives offensive coordinators so much versatility to be able to use him with so I think that he is – I feel pretty confident, assuming the medical checks out, that he's going to be a first-round NFL guy. And he'll probably have a, a day one grade for me as well.
0: No, I think that's fair. I, I think the medicals are going to sketch teams out, to be I think, I th- I I think, think it's that's a possibility. Crush, yeah, I think that's going to crush his first-round hopes. Um, I mean, all it takes is one team. but um, Right. I I think that just eliminates him from first round conversation. And to be honest, the last time we saw him on the field, he wasn't exactly tearing it up anyway. So I I have a day two grade on him probably like the Michael Pittman range. You know, I think that's about the grade I have on him currently. You know, I, I, I think anywhere after like, you know, pick 40 to pick 60 or so is kind of the range where I foresee Justin Ross. Um, But but I I think, you know, uh, in terms of upside, yeah, I think of all my guys in tier two, him or maybe Drake London probably have the highest, you know, alpha upside, if we want to call it that, even though the NFL, you know, has kind of shown over the past couple years, they don't necessarily care about that like they used to. Um, Do we have a first round tight end next year? I say no. You you kind of said at the beginning of this that you thought
1: (laughs) we might have one. Yeah. Weidermeyer is your guy that you think yeah. could go. He's a guy I think could go. Um, and just before we move off of wide receivers, I think Alave may sneak into the first round. If you know, of NFL drafts as well, um, just cause they've shown that they don't really care that much about four year profiles or anything like that. You know, Devonta Smith went in the, in the top. He went uh pick 11, I think. Right. 12? 12, 12 picked. T- yeah. So he went pick 12, um, So I think if he can go pick 12, I could potentially see Alave going in the back half of the first as well. But moving into tight end there, yeah, I think Weidermeyer is a possibility. I think if anybody can do it, it's him. I don't necessarily know if I see him doing it. I don't think he's the type of athlete that you kind of have to be to be a first-round tight end. I mean, because when you're looking at first-round tight ends, I mean, you know, you had guys like Kyle Pitts, obviously, but then you have also Noah Fant. yeah, guys like TJ Hawkinson. Um, David Njoku was a first-round guy. Evan Ingram was a first-round guy. O.J. Howard, also pretty athletic, too. Those were first-round guys. I don't think Weidermeyer has that level of athleticism. I think he's a good athlete, for sure, but I, that's the only thing that's really holding me back. Uh, from whether I think he'll end up being a day one guy or not. Uh, but like I said, if anybody can do it, he would be the only one.
0: I I, I don't think he's a, he's a first-round level athlete. I don't think he's a bad athlete. I think some people have a right. misconception he's a little bit of a plotter. Um, yeah, I don't see the kind of upside. Uh, if a team takes right. in there, it's a really big reach. Um, I, I, I don't have a single tier one tight end in this year's class, and I only have one tier two tight end. That's, you know, Jaylen that's water. So the only guy that I think should really even go on day two, or at least, you know, before the late third is Jalen Watermeyer. You know, there's some other guys you want to talk about, Julio Billingsley or some of these guys. We'll talk about them in a few minutes, but I, it's a, you know, it's nice that we had a solid tight end class this year. Cause next year just
1: is not um, great in my opinion. Yeah. I agree with that too. I mean, I like guys like Kate Otten. I like Cole Turner. Um, You know, I I like some of those other guys at Baylor Cup, but his medicals are going to push him way too far down the board that nobody's really going to feel comfortable taking him too early in the NFL. Um, So, no, I'm with you there. Weidermeyer is the only one that I see even possible, but I I wouldn't bet on it at this point. Uh, If you put the over-under at a half, I would take the under.
0: All right, so that kind of covers the day one, and just you know the names that we that we kind of think are probably going to float around there. Uh, Sam House, Spencer Rattler at quarterback, and then possibly any of Jaden Daniels, Matt Corral, Carson Strong, J.T. Daniels. I think that was the exhaustive list there. Yeah, running back Isaiah Spiller, Bruce Hall, and right now we don't see anybody else being in that conversation. Wide receiver Pickens, Burks, Wilson, Bell, Olave, Ross and maybe drake london those are all kind of guys that i think you'll be hearing about this year and then tight end none and if somebody is a sucker and reaches jalen weidermeyer might be their pick so that is day one of the nfl draft that could be potentially you know 10 fantasy relevant guys maybe you know 11 I, i can't see many more going than that all right so day two here so if you Colin, had to pick one day two guy that you think that you most suspect like a guy that's everyone, you know, he's none of those guys. And really that a day two guy that you think is going to creep into day one by the year, year's end. Do you have a guy like in mind that you think would do that?
1: Potentially Desmond Ritter. Potentially. Now, I mean, he has several years of production at Cincinnati. I think the, People, I think the NFL teams will probably view Cincinnati as a pseudo power five team. I don't think they're going to knock a quarterback for coming from there. Not that they necessarily knock G5 schools that much, but I mean, it's, it's, it is a little bit more of a surprise if a G5 guy goes in round one. But I think that Cincinnati, like I said, they're basically a pseudo power five team. Um, They're definitely better than a lot of power five teams. And then he also has the tools that you kind of look for as well. You know, he's mobile. He's got a nice arm. Um, it's not huge, but it's, it's solid. It's definitely NFL caliber. So I could potentially see um, Desmond Ritter sneaking into the back half of the first for a team where they, you know, maybe want to have a guy sit and, and learn, or they just like want a, a really guy, you know, a, a guy that, that they can turn the offense over to if they, if they really needed to. But and I think he just struggles with ball placement too much for me to actually see him be, and he's not consistent enough to actually to see him be a round one guy.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I don't even know if I have a guy. I mean, I think if Eric gray ends up getting all the touches or a lot of the touches at Oklahoma, which I think is extremely unlikely. I think he's going to get some buzz, but I just don't think he's big enough to be a first round pick. He's like listed at two Oh five or just over that right now. And I, I don't think he can get up to two hundred and fifteen and still be an effective athlete. You know, like Travis Etienne kind of did this year. I don't think he's that level of an athlete, so I, I don't think that that he can do that. And so I think he's going to be a day two guy. I, I would say if I had to pick a guy, and you already kind of talked about Ross, but I, I think that that beyond him, if Zay Flowers crushes this year at Boston College, I think he could creep up he needs to put on a little more weight you know he's he's like 5'10" 5'11" and i think he's listed a little over 180 but if he gets up to 190ish i think that's more than good enough he's going to probably do pretty well this year at boston college he's a guy that i think creep in i have him as as um, like a mid to mid late day 2 grade right now he's in my my tier 2 of wide receivers but i think that's that's within his range of outcomes
1: yeah i'm i'm with you there i think that that's I think that's definitely a possibility, but I have a feeling he's going to be a guy that the NFL, that the fantasy community is a little higher on than the NFL is going to be. don't necessarily know if the NFL is going to be that high on him. Um, another guy that I was thinking could potentially sneak into day one um, would be uh, Wandale Robinson. I think given his versatility and his athleticism, I could easily see a team falling in love with him. And I could also easily see a team kind of explaining away his lack of production. Um, Not that he's, you know, hasn't produced. I mean, he was the best producer on Nebraska, but he was the best producer on Nebraska, you know, (laughs) you know, and I think it's going to be the same story this year at Kentucky. Um, You know, I think he'll have good production, you know, solid production, but it's not anything that's going to blow you away. And it's also, it's also Kentucky so I could see teams explaining away you know his quarterback situation and using that to explain away some of his flaws and just fall in love with that athleticism and versatility so I could see him being a day one guy I mean if Kadarius Tony can go day one why not Wanda
0: that's a really good point I I currently have an early day three grade on him just if you if you put his body of work in front of me right now taking in and considering a little bit of projection, but you know, he's a hybrid guy. Like you said, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's a good enough receiver to just play receiver. And he's definitely not a running back in my opinion. So I have, no. he is my, he is literally my top rated day three guy. I, I think, you know, but he could move up, you know, I think he's capped. I can't see him going any higher than a, a mid day two guy for me uh personally um but let's let's just dig in here a little bit so i think we've probably covered a lot of these guys already you know day two quarterbacks you know daniels corral sh- strong you know daniel squared um brock purdy do you think brock
1: purdy could go day two yeah mm-hmm. i think he'll go day two uh i i feel pretty pretty good to, to say that he'll go day two um you know there were people who were talking about him potentially being a day one guy going into this year um you know, so, and they were, those are more like NFL guys, but you know, I, so I could see NFL guys liking him enough to take him day two. And I think he's a fine day two quarterback. You know, I think he's better than Kyle Trask. You know, he's probably better than Davis Mills, Kev- Kellen Mond, you know, so I don't, I don't see him being any worse than those guys. So yeah, I mean, I think he could go day two.
0: I have an early day three grade on him as well. The upside with him is not as high. I have him in a minute here there with Grace McCollum, Malik Willis. I think they're all just based on what I've watched so far. Day th- early day three guys, but I do think yeah he came on a little stronger at the end of the year. People he had those like atrocious game one, game two, and people faded him really hard after that. He bounced back a little bit. You know I'm not sure is he. Uh, Who went early day three this year? I mean, that's the thing. The NFL will kind of bump some of those guys. That like Kyle Trask, I had an an early to mid day three grade on. He went in the second round. Same with Kellen Mond. I mean, those those kind of guys tend to just get bumped up. Um, So, yeah, I I, I think that's within his range of outcomes for for sure. Um, You know, solid arm strength. He's he's very odd mobility. He's like, um, like a really deep discounted Jake Locker or something with how he moves. Like, it's really, really weird. Um, you're probably a little bit too physical at times. Probably needs to tone it down a little bit. Um, arm strength's fine. You know, it's nothing to write home about, but it's not crap. Um, ball placement is okay. It Can be a tick late at times, but you know, uh, I I do think that's within his range of outcomes. At the same time, if we're looking at you know just pure Devy purposes. I'm not sure that I would want to take a Brock Purdy over a, a Malik Willis. You know, if it comes to that point in the draft, you know, maybe I'd, you know, third round or whatever, or late second in a, a rookie draft next year or, you know, whatever. I'm just, I just totally swing for the fences with Malik Willis.
1: Yeah. If you're talking Debbie and, and fantasy perspective, absolutely. Definitely would go with Malik Willis. Um, and then I was actually, I don't remember if you commented or not. I posted it in our Slack um, bleacher report. It's uh too early 2022 mock. They had the Steelers taking Malik Willis in the first round. So some people out there believe Malik Willis could be a first round talent. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would absolutely take Malik Willis over Brock Purdy. But I think that the NFL is going to like what Brock Purdy did enough to take him on day two.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I really don't think profile wise he's going to be any worse than Kyle Trask. No. So if you're telling me that Kyle Trask is going to go, you know, what did he go the last pick in the second round?
1: Uh, right around there. Yeah. He went, went to, to Tampa. The, so yeah, he went the very side. end of the second. So, uh, yeah,
0: I mean, Kyle Trask is not very good. <laughs> Maybe Brock Purdy isn't very good, but you know, that that's within his range, uh, running back day two grades. Uh, you know, we kind of just poo pooed and we didn't really talk about any of these guys the first time around here. Who do you have in day two that you think is
1: potentially going to go there? Um, well, before we jump off of quarterbacks, I had, uh, two other guys that I think are going to go day two as well. Um, Keaton Slovis, you know, I think if he comes... Oh, wow.
0: I completely forgot to put Keaton. (laughs) He's still sitting down in my Debbie rankings.
1: Whoops, sorry, Keaton. Um, Yeah, I think if if Keaton Slovis comes out, uh, I think he would go day two. I don't think he has the tools to be a day one guy, so that's why I didn't list him as anybody that I could see sneaking into day one. But I absolutely think he'll go day two. Uh and then the other guy that I think will go day two as well is Dylan Gabriel if he comes out. Um, I think that Gabriel has good enough um, you know, he's got good enough production. I think he is a good enough quarterback overall as well. He's got good mobility. His arm strength kind of questionable, but you know, he's definitely willing to throw the ball vertically. Um you know, so I think that a team could fool themselves into, into thinking he could be a vertical passer. Um, you know, and I just think overall, I, I see Dylan Gabriel very comfortably on day two.
0: So here's a question for you. If you took their names off the papers and you kind of just were able to look at these two guys side by side, you know, statistically, and then there's a, you know, a, assume this is completely correct for our purposes, a list of their strengths and weaknesses. And you had Dylan Gabriel as one of the guys, and Sam Ellinger as the other guy. Do you think Gabriel is that much better of a prospect than Sam Ellinger? Because I don't. I, I think their you know they, their games aren't exactly the same, but I don't. You know, it's just a pure prospect. I don't think Gabriel is like the NFL is going to like him any more than they like Sam Ellinger this year, who went in what the fourth
1: round, I think. Um. Yeah, he went to the Chiefs. I know that. Um, where did he get taken? I don't know. He went to the Colts. Oh, um, Bouchelle went to the Chiefs. Um, yeah, he went to the Colts at pick two eighteen.
0: Oh no, so that was like the
1: sixth or seventh round. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I I don't see that much of a difference between the two in terms of NFL profiles.
1: Right. At the same time, though, I mean, I think Dylan Gabriel is a better prospect. Than Jake Fromm was. Jake Fromm went day two. Wait, did he? I thought he went in the fourth round or fifth round. Fromm, I could have swore he went day two to the Bills. Both
0: pick one sixty-seven, so that's day three
1: for oh, sure. Yeah, it was day three. All right. Well, hey, maybe um you know, maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe they, the NFL, won't like Dylan Gabriel as much as as much as I think they will, but. I I have a feeling if he comes out as a junior, and I actually I don't think he'll come out as a junior, so it, it's probably going to be a moot point. Um, I think he'll stick around for another year, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that he I think he could definitely be a day two guy. He's just in that pool of bleh
0: for me, you know, as is Desmond Ritter and Tanner Morgan and Michael Penix, Chase Garbers, Kenny Pickett, Talia Tagovailoa. It's just a it's a pool of guys that I think some you know the, the where they go on day three is just going to be dependent on what you know what NFL team likes one of them more than the other. Um, I, I just don't see that much upside um, with a lot of those guys. I mean, I I have Graham Mertz in that pool too, but I think he's a guy that could rebound a little bit this year. You know, Phil Jerkovich is probably in that range. Um, there, there's some other guys in there too. You know, maybe like a, a Jake Hayner or somebody like that, but. You know, I I just, it's a lot of guys that I don't see a
1: team spending a a pick on the first two days on. I went back and forth on Mertz as well, but I feel like Mertz is probably going to stick around. I don't think Wisconsin next year is going to be good enough that they're going to win the uh, Big Ten West. Uh, So I don't think that's, he'll come out I think he'll want to stick around and try and win it another year because I think that seems probably about one year away from being like the the pretty clear-cut team in the west there so I went back and forth with him but if he does come out I could see him being a day two guy as well he's probably fringe
0: and that that is the one thing I like as soon as these guys um become eligible like I, I can I don't consider you know Sam Howell is no longer a debut player in my, you know, whatever I'm doing here in my spreadsheets, he is now considered a 2022 rookie and same for, you know, Graham Mertz and some of these guys, as soon as they become eligible, I no longer necessarily consider them a Debbie player. My Debbie rankings are all going to be 2023 and 2024, or yeah, 2024 eligible. Um, just a kind of a weird quirky way. I do things. Um, and probably my, my knee, like once I get <laughs> the rookies, once they get to that point, like I'm just so tired about talking about. Most of them. I just don't want to talk about any of them anymore. So I kind of, this is my way of, of pushing them out of my, you know, whatever, whatever, and just moving on to the next set of guys here. So, um, uh, you guys might catch me saying that here tonight. I think I did say it earlier once. Um, I, I don't consider any of these guys true Debbie players anymore. Um, even though some of them will, will stay in until 2023. Um, so, and you, you kind of kicked back to the quarterback there, running backs, just real quick day two running backs in your opinion.
1: Uh, guys that I think will be day two, Kyron Williams, I think is going to be a day two guy. Um, Noah Kane, I think if he bounces back this year, I think he's going to be a day two guy. Uh, Kevin Harris, I think will be a day two guy as well. Zach Charbonnet, uh, Zamir White, probably also day two, though the medicals for that one could push him down the board. That'll depend. Um, and then uh, Sincere McCormick and Jerome Ford. Those are the end of the guys that I have that I think will be day two. Um, I don't know if they'll all go day two, but I could definitely see all of those guys going day two. And again, the big caveat with these guys is none of these guys are Uber athletes. So when you get guys who are not Uber athletes, it's harder to project them going a little bit earlier, but so I, we, finally,
0: we finally hit the point where I am just going to be way more conservative than, than what you <laughs> have listed as you. I have three day two running backs, and that's it. at Kyron Williams, Eric Gray, Jerome Ford. I think those are the only guys that have a combination of coming from a bigger school for the most of them. You know, Jerome Ford spent a year at Alabama, and I think he's going to kick some ass at Cincinnati this year. And then, you know, Williams at Notre Dame, Gray at Oklahoma. Um and I think those are the only guys, you know, after that, I don't, I don't think the NFL is going to love Raymond Davis. I like Raymond Davis, you know, in terms of like C2C rankings, he's right out. He's like right around 20 for me. That's you know, I like him. I just took him in the seventh round of a startup. I don't think the NFL is going to like him day two. I don't think they're going to like Noah Kane is a day two guy. I think is is Noah Kane a better uh, runner than um, a Trey Sermon. Probably not. And Trey Sermon just went in a shitty running back class just went yeah. early day three. Kiss uh, Kevin Harris. Is probably the one guy that I could see possibly bumping up into there. Sincere McCormick, I think, is going to get slightly faded just because of the fact by the NFL that he was at um, UTSA. And then I also have, and so, and then and I have CJ Verdell as like a, a fourth and fifth round running back as well. Those are the five guys that I have as like early day three or early to mid. Um, I just don't see any of those guys bumping into day two, really. Maybe Kevin Harris, but that's it. I mean, I just, it's very, very shallow, very similar to this year.
1: You don't see Charbonnet bumping up into into day two with that size, speed, the profile. I think he's going to crush it at UCLA this year.
0: No, I don't think so. Um, I think he's not going to test that well if he chooses. I don't even know. I don't. I honestly don't think he comes out this year. Um, you know, I don't think like, he will. You were either. just saying with Mertz, but, um, and uh, I, I, I just don't see the the athleticism there. To be completely honest, I don't even know if he's that fast. Like, I don't
1: think, yeah, I don't think he's, he's that not massive. like I
0: think he's going to struggle in stuff like the three cone. And, yeah, you know, I think he's
1: more like straight line explosive. So, I think he's, he'll be okay in the 40, I think, but I don't think he's going to win any hundred meter dashes, you know. Or I don't even think that. he's going to
0: jump like I don't think he's going to jump that well, like vert and broad and stuff. I don't think he's going to jump that well. I would be I, shocked.
1: <laughs> I have a hard time judging who's going to jump well. I mean, I know it's a lot of like explosion, but I, you know, I feel like that just. Judging jumping is just difficult for me because a lot of like some of that can definitely be technique as well. And you can teach some of that. How hard you pump your arms on the way, you know, you really get a good, you know, you got to get a couple flaps in really, it
0: really favors the people that have that webbing there, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Or who can move their arms really fast like hummingbirds. Uh, Yeah. So, okay.
0: (laughs) Then day two wide receivers. We touched on a lot of these guys already. Olave, Justin Ross, uh, I talk a lot. Zay Flowers is possibly a guy that bump up. You said Wandell Robinson. We haven't really talked that much about Drake London. Oh, uh, you know, uh, relatively speaking, compared to some of these guys, you know, I think he's a uh, a mid day two selection. Um, I don't think he sneaks into the first round. I guess I could see it. You know, if you told me a year from now that he did, I, I wouldn't be like completely shocked, but it wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't feel great about it either. It wouldn't it Wouldn't give me warm and
1: fuzzies. Yeah, I'm with you on Drake London too. I have him comfortably on day two. You know, if, like you said, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be totally shocked if he went day one. Like the guys who went this year, day one, as much as I disagree with Tony, I wasn't shocked. I mean, you kind of heard rumblings about it. So I think we'll hear rumblings about it beforehand. You know, if you hear a couple teams or a couple prominent people mocking Drake London in the first, I wouldn't surprise me, but I don't, I'm not going to end up with a first round grade on him.
0: I'm not either. Um, and then you know, who do you have that that is the or John Mechie? I have a late day two grade on as well. I just I think an NFL team's gonna like him. Yeah. And I think he's, you know, he's I he profiles zero percent as an alpha. I don't think that is anywhere in his range of outcomes, but I think he could be a solid complimentary, you know, number two wide receiver in a in an okay the decent offense. Um, I I think that definitely is within, you know, he's quick, he's shifty, he can take the top off a of defense he's kind of discount Chris Olave in that sense. You know, I I think that's kind of what, what we're looking at with him in the class and with some of these other guys, you know, I think him, Olave, uh, Mechie and flowers profile similarly in what they can do. And they're all pretty similarly sized. I think Olave might be the the tallest of the three, Um, but just play style wise, I think they're all very similar. So I think, you know, those guys, I think all have a chance to go day two.
1: Yeah, I have, um, two more names on there that I feel fairly decent about going day 2. If you um, say
0: Dotson I'm going to come I'm going to no. come to Lancaster and slap you. Okay. No.
1: Good. No, it's not Dotson. I, I think Dotson is a good C2C college producer, but I don't think he's going to be anything really special in the pros. Um out of the Penn State wide receivers at Parker Washington's the guy that I want. But no, the guy that I was the, the first guy that I think is Pretty comfortably on day two, is Anais Smith. Uh, I think the the NFL is going to like his his athleticism, his versatility as well. Uh, so I think he will probably go. I, I feel good about him going day two. Uh, the other guy that I kind of go back and forth on is um, Jaden Hazelwood. I don't. Uh, if Nico Collins can go in the third round, it makes me think Jaden Hazelwood could go in the third round but i don't i don't feel that great about jason jaden hazelwood going in day 3 the, i mean he he had, he missed all pretty much all last year except for like one or two games at the very end but i i don't really count that at all because so, of that injury but so it's going to depend on how he comes out this year and it sounds it's sounding like it's going to be marvin mim's mario williams show there so if hazelwood can you know take some of that market share back and have put up a decent year this year. I could see him being on a day two guy. I could also see him being early day three.
0: Yeah, I don't have, I actually have him pretty low on, uh, in my tier three. So like a fifth round guy, um, him and Weis both right now are kind of side by side because I just don't really don't know what to do with those two. Um, sometimes, sometimes when I have a team like that, you know, last year I did that with Nada and Ladson. Um, yeah. I will say if Nada has a huge season, I think he sneaks into day
1: two. Yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely possible.
0: Um I that, I'm just not predicting that he does have a huge season, so that's why I don't have him there. But uh, if he if he ends up becoming DJU's go-to receiver this year, yeah, he's going probably
1: early day 2. Yeah, and that's that's kind of why I put uh Hazelwood day 2 there is just because if he I mean he is a five-star guy, you know, he had some some good verified athleticism. Uh I think he it was like a 4-5 something that he ran coming out of high school, like a four, five, five-ish. Um, you know, so that's fine athletically, you know, and then he's got the size to um he's what six three, about two hundred pounds. And he's coming from Oklahoma. So if he can have a decent year at Oklahoma, then like that's kind of where I'm coming from, where I think he could be a day two guy. But I, I don't I don't necessarily I don't feel comfortable projecting him as a day two guy at this point.
0: Yeah. He's had, um, he's perpetually injured or, you know, he's always got something going on. It's uh, just one of those guys that you never really feel that great about. Um, and then, you know, wider Meyer, we said is probably a day two guy, other tight ends that you would consider as, as possible day two
1: selections, Colin. Um, I, it's, it's hard to say with tight ends too, because, you know, I think athleticism matters a lot. So, I kind of hesitate to put k Dott in day two because I don't know what level of athlete he's going to be. I don't think he's going to test that great. Um, you know, he might be in the Hunter Long spectrum of an athlete, and and you know, so he might he may go day two. Um, and then the other guy again, like I mentioned, was Cole Turner. You know, I think some of that versatility and the the wide receiver background I think was going to help him. Uh, I don't know if he comes out though. You know, so I think that's. Those are about the only other two that I could see potentially going up there. Maybe Jaleel Billingsley, but he's pretty undersized. And Bama guys just tend to not leave early.
0: Here's what I'm, I I don't think Jaleel Billingsley goes day two. He's tiny. Yeah. You know, you want to comp him to Kyle Pitts or whatever. Kyle Pitts has like 20 pounds on him. And, Ky- and people were complaining that maybe Kyle Pitts wasn't quite big enough to be a tight end from like a, you know, bulk standpoint. Yeah. And Billingsley, I don't think, is that tall either. He's definitely not six five. I think he's like six three. Yeah, you no, know, I th- that I don't think he's any bigger than that. So six three two, and he's listed at like two twenty nine or something. He's not two twenty nine. <laughs> if you put him and Traylon burks beside each other, he's not. He doesn't weigh more than Traylon burks and Brooks is listed at two twenty six. So, you know, six three two hundred and twenty pound tight end is going to put on enough weight to make me feel good about him in the NFL. No, I don't really don't think so. Um, I, I do think Cole Turner, I think is within that range, you know, former wide receiver, but I still don't think he's a day two guy. I think he's a day three. Um, and those are the only guys that I really think have a chance. Um, Brant Quaith from Utah is another guy that I think an NFL team might like because of his versatility. Um, but I, I wouldn't bet on him going day two, um, outside of Weidermeyer. Like you said, I really wouldn't bet on any of these guys going day two at the moment. Um, so is that, is that cover most of your guys you want to talk about here for day two selections? Okay. So day three, and this is kind of, you know, four rounds to talk about. All right. There's a whole host of guys that can go here. So we, we probably won't touch on everybody here. You know, at this point it's kind of a, whatever you prefer. Um, we, we've talked through all of these quarterbacks. The one quarterback that I want to toss in here that I think is almost definitely a day three pick, but I think has some upside is Michael Penix. Yeah. If he can come back and play, you know, because uh, I don't think he's even going to be ready for the start of the year. They haven't made it sound like he's going to, but if he comes back, you know, week four, stays healthy the whole way, plays really, really well, boosts Indiana, goes into the off season, tests well, throws well, checks out medically, all that stuff. I think he's a guy that could go early day three and, um, and impress somebody there and, and has a potential. He's not going to be drafted as a starter. You know, he's a guy that, that someone gets hurt or something down the line and, and he kind of gets tossed in there.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on, on Penix. I mean, he's got the tools. He's got everything that you're looking for, uh, you know, in, in a in a quarterback. There, I, I think that he could go. Yeah, I think he'll he'll go day three for sure. Um, the medicals are the big concern there, so I think that's going to hold him out of day two. But yeah, I think that day three is absolutely he's going to get drafted. Somebody's going to take a gamble on him.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, I don't really see unless he comes back and either gets hurt again or just looks really, really bad. Um, and, you know, he might not go. But I, he has all the tools, he's a good athlete, um, has to clean some stuff up. But yeah, I think he's the only other guy that would go there that I'd be interested in. Do you have any other names just to kind of throw out as possible
1: day three guys? If you say Bo Nix, um, <laughs> I'm looking for a new pod. For him, so. <laughs> no, no, um, I wouldn't say Bo Nix. I mean, there's always guys that get taken on day three. I mean, Derek King, he might get, he'll probably get drafted. Just you know, See, I, don't, I
0: think he's so small. I don't
1: know if he does. I mean, like he's, he's definitely he's, small. He's got the the ACL too, but I don't know. I think some teams going to talk themselves into his intangibles and they'll take him on day three as like a backup. Um, so I think he'll get drafted, but I don't necessarily feel that great about it. Um, you know, I mean, I know there's other. There's got to be some other guys here that are that we're we're thinking of here, but there's nobody off the top of my head that I can think of.
0: I'm just looking at mine right here, and I have this tier five, which for me is usually guys that I think are either going to go very late day three or like priority undrafted free agent type guys, and they're guys that I like for fantasy purposes, if I'm doing a rookie draft, I don't necessarily want to draft if it's like a four round draft but they're a guy that I'll, I'll probably try to go to the waivers and hit up real quick and in that category i have chase garbers kenny pickett talia tagavaloa alan bowman dustin crumb spencer sanders and Jake Hayner. and some of those guys like i don't know i don't know if crumb is or not if he went to like an intriguing landing spot and i could stash him on a taxi squad maybe um same with Hayner, or sanders or you know some of these guys um i might be the only pit fan in the world that isn't shipping kenny pickett is a high-end guy i just don't I really don't see it when I watch him play. Um, But that's kind of the guys that I have is like late day three. I think everybody else, you know, my tier three, early, late day two, early day three were Purdy McCall Willis. And then my early day three guys are Ritter, Tanner Morgan, Miles Brennan, Phil Jerkovic, Graham Mertz, and Michael Penix. Uh,
1: One other name I'll just throw out there is uh, Casey Thompson. I think if he wins the Texas job, I think, you know, he'll, he'll be a fringe day two, day three guy. I think if he wins a Texas job and he looks good. Um, but I think it's more likely that if he wins the job and looks good at Texas, he's a day three guy.
0: Um, so running backs, um, you know, you went a little deeper into round two than I did. Um, so I'm just going to get, so my early day three guys are Raymond Davis, Noah Kane, Kevin Harris, and Sir McCormick, CJ Verdell. Burdell was hurt last year. I think people are fading him a little unfairly. I don't think I don't love him, but I think he has the potential to go into like the fourth round. I think that's more than fair. And then my guys after that in my tier four, which are kind of mid late day three guys, I have Zach Charbonnet, Kennedy Brooks, Jerry and Ely. I don't know if a team's going to like him or not. I can't see him going earlier than that because of his size, but I could see somebody taking a swing on him in that range. Tyler Goodson, Zonovan Knight, Keonta Ingram, George Halani, One guy that I think I could see bumping up some boards here, Rashad White. Mm. If he tears it up at Arizona State this year, I think he could go early day three, late day two. Xavier Valaday from Wyoming. Jarek Broussard, who is kind of basically the same as Kyron Williams and Eric Gray, but 10 pounds lighter and has a little bit of an injury history. And then Max Borgie, Austin Jones, Brian Robinson Jr., Deshaun Corbin. That's the extent of my – so I have 24 – draftable running backs in next year's class right now
1: yeah i, I think that list is pretty good uh there are other guys that i'll throw on there that you didn't mention um did you mention austin jones from stanford i did yeah he's okay. number 22 so he's, okay you know end gotcha. of the day kind of guy but gotcha um so then i'll mention um Ja'Shawn corbin from florida state i think i could see him getting drafted Gordon too you're not even listening to me when i talk um all right well what about ty chandler and
0: tyler algier oh man i totally forgot about algier i i would i would give him a, a day three grade as well see this is what i'm not complete bumping all my guys up from the bottom of my page to the top of my page here so um, he is one guy that has not been bumped up yet
1: yeah so we'll, yeah i'll go with i'll go with algier and then i think ty chandler is also going to smash this year at unc um so i could see him also being a day three guy
0: um, so I'm going to toss out a couple of the names here to you because uh, it sounds like you probably don't think so. Uh, Kenneth, like Kenneth Walker, do we think he gets drafted? Um,
1: no. I think he, I mean it wouldn't shock me if he got drafted, but I don't think he will. I mean, just given you know all the names that we've tossed out there so far, and there's only so many teams that take running backs. You know, I, I, every year I think that he'll be, maybe he'll be a priority free agent that somebody, you know, rushes out to sign right afterwards. Cause I do like his skill set. You know, I think he's, I think he's solid, but you know, he's transferring to Michigan state and then he's, he's also got Elijah Collins there too. So I don't know how much burn he's going to get. It's probably going to be like a, a, a fairly even split there. So uh, no, I don't think he'll get drafted. John Emery. Man, I mean, you
0: want to talk about the guys that should have yeah. been. <laughs> he's, he's flashed like a couple of times to where, you know, and I could see maybe an NFL team taking a flyer on him super late. See, but the
1: only thing with that, though, is I don't think he does anything this year.
0: I don't you either, know? personally. I mean, he's way down my, my C2C yeah. rankings.
1: Yeah, I don't think he does anything this year. I think that, you know, T- TDP, Tyrion Davis Price has a pretty solid role as like that thumper. I think that they're just going to use him there, and then you know you have Trey Bradford, who I like a decent amount. You know Corey Kiner, Marmani Goodwin, those guys. So I think that you know he's probably Emory Junior is probably going to get phased out a little bit.
0: Um, John Emory is actually one of my favorite players in all of college football um, because uh, people reach for him in C two C drafts and it makes guys fall to me. So thank you, John Emory. I love you so much. <laughs> Um, same with guys like Jerry and Ely, um, and another guy here, Trey Sanders. I, I don't think he gets drafted if you know the,
1: the what are the what trajectory that he's on. The trajectory he's on, no, I don't think so. But I, the only caveat I'll give to that one though is if he comes back and he's fine this year, you know, he's healthy and he earns a decent share of that backfield, I could see him getting drafted. It wouldn't shock me. But given that he's a Bama back and he has that pedigree, you know, and it's kind of a size speed guy. So I, I could see it, but, you know, given his current trajectory, I'm with you. I don't think he will.
0: I'm just going to toss out the rest of my kind of priority on draft free agent guys like I did with quarterback um, Mo Ibrahim, Letty Brown, Cameron Harris, Sir Roderick Thompson, Damian Pierce, Master Teague, Keenan Christen right now is who I have as, as kind of in that tier. Um, I think you could probably add, and like I said, I haven't quite finished moving everybody up here. Maybe a Kenneth Walker um, uh, to that mix. Florida has a couple other backs there. Malik Davis, I believe, is eligible. I I, I haven't watched enough of him to have an opinion. Um, a guy maybe like Nakia Watson, who's going to Washington State. Any of those guys, players that you could see maybe being drafted?
1: Yeah, I I could see those guys being drafted. I mean, it wouldn't shock me, but I also... I don't know. I, I don't. I haven't seen enough from those guys yet to to think that they will get to actually think they will get drafted. I mean, on day three, it's so hard to say. Like, you know, all it takes is one team to like this guy and to try and take him on. You know, round six, round seven, rather than letting him fall to be a priority free agent. So it's it's hard to say which guys are going to get taken at the very end of the draft like that. But I, those guys, no, I don't think they will.
0: Um, do you have any other guys you think are in the mix there?
1: um not really no i mean james cook from georgia maybe again just since he's a georgia back um i I completely forgot about Mo ibrahim so i'm glad you brought him up i could see him being drafted um I i think he'll probably get drafted there um but beyond that no did you you probably mentioned keontae ingram
0: I did. Yeah. I have like a okay. midday three grade on him. I, I think an NFL team is going to like him and that's not necessarily what I think of him. I just think an NFL team is going to like him. You know, he's got nice size His athletic ability is Okay. He can pass catch. He's like a poor man's Isaiah Spiller, you know, like very, very poor. Like the, you know, mom, I want, I want uh, Isaiah Spiller. <laughs> we have Isaiah Spiller at home. It's, it's Keontae Ingram. Like that, that meme. I think that that's kind of what it is.
1: Yeah, uh, so after that, no, there's not really anybody else that I would think uh, is going to get drafted, that I would feel good saying is going to get drafted. All right, let's shift over to wide receiver here quick.
0: Um, Day three wide receivers, who do you got? Just kind of you know list them out and then maybe pick one
1: guy out that you're paying close attention to. Um, So Khalil Shakir is a guy that I have day three. I could see him sneaking into day two. Um, I'm kind of there with um, Romeo Dubs as well and Jordan Whittington. I could see both of those guys potentially sneaking into day two, especially if Jordan Whittington looks as good at Texas as what people are saying this year. Um, right now, I have him as a day three guy, so we'll see. We'll adjust that there. Um, Dante Wright's also a guy that I'm also not sure how the NFL is going to feel about him. I like him, I think he's going to put up big numbers. I don't know if the NFL is going to like him. So he is a guy that I have on day three right now as well. Uh, and then Chris Ottman Bell. Um, Calvin Austin, the third are both guys that I have as day three, um, Jaden Reed from Mississippi or from uh, Michigan state, I think could potentially go day three as well. Um, and now you're just kind of getting into guys that I don't feel as good about. Um, I will say I, I like Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa state. I don't know if the NFL will, but that's right. That's pretty much the end of where my day three guys are
0: i think that's a pretty good list um my day three so like my you know guys that i definitively think are going to get drafted there Wandale robinson dante wright Jahan dodson chris ottman bell mm. joe nada uh cj johnson from east carolina i still think if he has a solid oh, year I, this year a team like is going to end up liking him and he's going to go like fourth or fifth round i um, totally for forgot year. about him that's a good uh, don donovan green uh, Jacob Copeland from Florida, I think, is a guy, a sneaky guy that could that could go, you know, early, midday three. Someone has to catch passes there next year. Uh, then Jordan Weddington and Jonathan Mingo. Those are the guys that I have there right now. And then there's a host of guys that are close. You know, you talked Oklahoma guys before. Trey Knox, you know, maybe he sneaks in there. Mike Woods, now that he's going to Oklahoma, you know, maybe he gets some a little bit more love. Um, so, the but I think that's that's kind of the grouping there. A couple of guys that I did want to ask you about. Do you see either of the USC guys, uh, Kyle Ford or or, McCoy. or Brew McCoy? Um, I mean, Ford has obviously extensive yeah. injury history, McCoy isn't a very good football player, so they both <laughs> have some things that are holding them back. Um, do you, do, you, do you see either of those guys being taken before I don't know the fifth round in the NFL draft?
1: Before the fifth round? No. Uh, especially not Kyle Ford, given that injury history. I think Brew McCoy, is, it sounds like every, everything I'm hearing, sounds like he got jumped on the depth chart there. So, you know, I, I don't think he's going to go before the fifth round. I would be pretty shocked if he did, actually. Does he get drafted? Maybe. Um, but uh, one other guy that I did forget to mention, as I'm just kind of looking through my rankings here to clean up, um, is uh, Kevin Austin from Notre Dame the NFL just seemed just kind of like Notre Dame wide receivers and I know he was he was hurt for a little bit of last year um so he's a guy that I think could potentially sneak into day three as well
0: interesting I yeah I don't um I don't
1: don't personally have him close yeah I don't have him there personally but I think the NFL might
0: yeah just some other names to toss out as potential you know flyers that I have kind of as like my tier five ish I have Elijah Higgins in there. I have the two SMU receivers, Rasheed Rice and Danny Gray. I'm pretty sure they are both 2022 oh, and eligible. Elgerson. And I have Roberson in my tier, my lower tier four. At this point, he's like a fifth year guy with an extensive inju- extensive injury history that played at a small school. I'm no longer betting on Reggie Roberson to be successful in the NFL. I loved him two years ago, but you know, time does funny things to all of us. Um Omarion Brown. It, depending on what kind of year he has at USC, if he can bulk up a little bit, I could see falling in that range. Um, Milton Wright is a guy that I could see falling in there. That, But that's, you know, beyond that, maybe a Jake Smith if he rebounds, but it sounds like Whittington, it's Whittington or Smith. You know, one of the success has to come at one of the other's detriment. And I think Whittington's going to be that guy. Um, but those are just the names that I think could be late um, day two. And just one other guy that's that I think, I don't like him. I don't think he should be drafted and I, I think he'll go undrafted and he's going to be like a cautionary tale. But I could totally see Puka Nasua mm-hmm. leaving school after this year, declaring for the draft, not getting touched and like being one of those guys that like were three weeks after the draft and we're like, wow, still nobody went after Puka Nasua. <laughs> um, I think he could end up being that, that kind of a guy and a guy that we look back on a couple years and just say, "You know, wow, all that talent. And he's an idiot.
1: Yeah. Um, last guy that I will say mega-drafted on day three, um, Jamison Williams. I mean, just going from Ohio State to Bama. Yeah, we didn't do a new segment. (laughs) Maybe we (laughs) should have. What the hell? He wasn't good enough to play to
0: Ohio State, so he's transferring to Bama. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I mean, you got to think if he's transferring to Bama, Saban said, come here, you can play.
0: Yeah, I mean, I will say he does give them something a little different that they do not have. Yeah, you know, of all their boundary receivers, I don't think any of them are particularly you know, speedsters yeah. uh, by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Yeah, so so he's a guy that I, I mean, I, I could see him getting drafted. I wouldn't draft him. I know Felix is pretty high on him. Um, so we'll see how he does this year. So just another name that I wanted to throw out there, but uh, that's pretty much all I have for wide receivers. Cool, and
0: then I think we kind of already touched on some of our our um, day three tight ends. You know, a, a Kate Otten, a Cole Turner, a Billings, Billingsley, a Brant Kweith. Jeremy Ruckert is a yeah. guy that I could see going late day three. Maybe a uh, Sam Laporta from Iowa, Will Mallory from Miami is a guy I like. And then after that, you're just taking dart throws with a uh, Trey McBride, a uh, uh, Charlie Cooler. You know, some of the one of the, another guy that probably hung on to college a little bit too long here guys like that are going to be talked about but i don't see
1: any of those guys being fantasy relevant you know three or four years from now no um I, i could see um jake ferguson maybe from from wisconsin there and then another guy that i do think if he comes out i think there's a decent chance that he would get drafted and that'd be greg dolchich from ucla again just the converted wide receiver profile that I like a lot and that the NFL's kind of seems to be going towards a little bit more. Plus I think he'll test well. Um, so if he would come out, I could see him getting taken day three.
0: I think that's a good uh, shout as well. Um, so there you have it guys. That's kind of what the landscape looks like right now. There are always some guys that can kind of come out of nowhere. Um, and we will hopefully be identifying for those, those guys for you as soon as possible when the season rolls around. Um, But that is who we have as kind of our draftable players for the 2022 class. We will see how that plays out. And I'm still looking. I'm still trying to figure out the best way for me to kind of, because I I would like to put just my whole board out for people to look at this year. Uh, Maybe hide the scouting reports, but uh, but put the the rankings out there.
1: Are you sure you want to do that? That could get taken out of context pretty quick.
0: Giants fans, (laughs) come and get me. (laughs) Come and get me, baby. I'm I'm John Snow at the Battle of the Bastards. You know, here comes the
1: sword as the the horses charge towards me. Um, I'm gonna get me. What are uh, are Jarek and me and uh, Kevin the the um, Sansa's and Littlefinger's army coming up behind you're, you? you? You're Tormund. I'm Tormund. I'll take yeah. that. I'll take that. I like yeah. Tormund. Tormund's one of my favorite characters. It's the
0: same. Same. I should have given you someone worse, but no, I like, I like
1: tournament. (laughs) You could have given me Sam. That would have been like, ah. but he doesn't do anything to battle the bastards. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it it didn't have worked in that metaphor. It it would not
0: have. Um, So that's going to be our show for tonight. Guys, we said earlier in the show, please rate and review. Uh, We always appreciate those. Uh, You can find the two of us. uh, You can find Colin on Twitter at C2C Decker. You can find me at Debbie Dietz. You can find the show and the website at Campus to Canton, uh, the number two in the middle. You can send us an email, campus to Canton at gmail.com. And that's the number two again there. Um, uh, beyond that, just be on the lookout for our uh, mid to late week companion show, Canton Bound. Uh, but other than that, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good week, guys.